welcome to the Rotating Platform. It is the 11th of May. Yeah. Well, yes, 11th of May 2015. And uh, this is episode 17. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Alan Madrill. Hello. And Matthew Castle. Hello. And this voice is Mark Green. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> no, you got you guys. <laughs> no, we were we were leaving a respectful silence. Are you talking to me or who? Who are you talking to? No, both to? of you. I'm talking to it's it, this podcast. Um, the approach is that we all kind of talk to each other. So oh. uh, that's, the, nah. that's the general idea. Are you all good? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Life goes on. Yeah. I've never I've never been better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving on from that, uh, all that sarcasm. <laughs> Um, I've got, uh, I've got two, uh, shout outs to do, like in a sort of radio, radio one in the afternoon style. Oh. Um, or more like, uh, more like Steve Wright in the afternoon. Steve Let's Wright, yeah, he gave shout outs, didn't he? <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, so we've had an email from Alex D, uh, who says, hi guys, I've been searching for a games podcast I can really click with since the death of Joypod. Chet and John's sounds more like a restaurant. Never heard of it. And the uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that quite a famous podcast? I'm dissing this. It's quite, yeah, I, it's, I yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's highly thought of. And the ONM podcast. Hey, so I was really pleased to find yours. I love it. Hooray! Uh, I'm currently listening to episode two and plan to listen to the entire run so far before I catch up. Can you give me a Ooh. shout out so when I eventually get to the present, I can give myself a little smile and feel some self worth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless him! A very small amount of self worth there. We're dishing out for, for you, uh, Alex. He'll, he'll have given up long before he reaches this episode. <laughs> well <laughs> done. Trust me, I've 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 been here for all of them, and you know I, I, yeah. I wouldn't really be here much past episode seven if I had any choice. <laughs> he'll just hate uh, all of us. He'll have an immense yeah. loathing for all of us by the time he gets to this mention, and it will uh, it will just make him angry. Yeah, very it'll angry. be. Uh, he's got some treats coming up though, hasn't he? You know, oh, he's, he's got he's got Resident Evil two coming. That's a treat. Oh yeah, he's got Matthew's uh, story about. Uh, the uh, Discworld walkthrough. Discworld oh, walkthrough story. Oh. Good, good times. Sounds like we're kind of segueing into our best of episode, but that's not the case. <laughs> Do you remember that time when it was Christmas and we did a podcast? Too. So I got another shout out to make. Um, oh God, I wish I knew how to pronounce this guy's name, given that uh, given that he's he's uh, messages Jack Cavela of, um, and he is from Reflections. You know, Ooh. you remember we were talking about Grow Home. I was talking about playing Grow Home a couple of episodes mm. ago. Yeah. He says, just discovered rotating platform who gives some love to Grow Home in episode, whatever episode that was, 15. Thanks a lot, guys. And and he says, yes, I've made mostly driving games for 18 years now, so a daft robot climbing game was a nice change of pace. Smiley face. I thought that was oh, sweet, a little developer yay. mention, and that's it, nice. It's nice to give a little bit of love to Grow Home, as I said. Was back it? Then. It was Demolition Derby they did way back in the day, wasn't it? Driver. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, Demolition Derby Driver. Uh, they did Stuntman. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, Corking Games all. Yeah. Well, most. I could never. Uh, 
I could never get out of that garage bit in the first driver. <laughs> to, to me, driver is a game where I fail a driving test in a garage. That's it. In a, that, that's all that game is. Oh, all yeah, the reviews were like, hard. you're driving through cardboard boxes. It's just like Starsky and Hutch. It's really exciting. And it's like, yeah, yeah, the reviews didn't mention the bit where you had to do like actually do like a three-point turn in order to be able to play the game. <laughs> Everyone was stuck there for so long. I had a weird thing happen um, the other day um, to do with garages in driving games. Uh, I was playing, uh, well, I downloaded that free thing. Um, uh, what is it? Forza Horizon 2, the Fast and Furious one, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's, you start off in Nice and your garage is in Nice, right? It's, it's at one end of the of the seafront in Nice. Right. And if you come out of that garage and you turn left, there's like this kind of peachy, salmon-y coloured hotel on the corner and that's where i had my honeymoon oh, in that very hotel it was so cool like they'd cool. model the game well enough yeah in the game not well no <laughs> i didn't have my honeymoon in the game trapped in the middle yeah. <laughs> trapped oh. in it that's terrifying <laughs> oh that's nice oh that's cool did you see vin diesel on your honeymoon <laughs> <laughs> doing time trials outside your hotel <laughs> and you were like i could really do without that this is meant to be romantic <laughs> So thanks, Alex and Jack, for your messages. And hey, if you people out there have got messages for us, then uh, send them in. You know, messages, questions, stuff. We'll we'll consider it all. Mostly, Mo- yeah. Yeah, most of it. <laughs> Should we get on with some uh, platform hopping? Yes. Let's do that thing. All right. Let's jump onto the first platform after this. We've landed on a new platform, and I'm suddenly feeling the urge to ask you guys what you've been playing. <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know why that is, but hey, it's nothing what to do the hell? With platform, it's just like yeah. As we're here, so uh, Alan, what have you been playing? Well, Matthew Castle, I've been playing uh, Sherlock Holmes: Crimes and Punishments, the 2014 oh. Frogwares game, and I'm a bit of a Holmesophile. Uh, love the stories, but I I think I'm kind of one of those slightly annoying Holmes fans in that every time I see an adaptation of it, like on TV or something, I always get frustrated that it's not as good as the stories. So that's a kind of, that's my cross to bear in this life, is like the stories, are, like the written stories are always much more interesting uh, oh. than pretty much any adaptation I've ever seen. I've never read Sherlock Holmes, but I get the impression the stories are quite short. They are pretty short and they're really good. That's the thing mm. is, you know, um, sometimes you read, go back and read classic things. Like, I just read Jekyll and Hyde, not that good. Um, but Sherlock Holmes. Well, you were probably ex- if you're expecting Sherlock Holmes to turn up in it, that's probably yeah, that's probably where probably I'm going. Why you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was it wasn't much of a mystery to it at all. Uh, but the story's brilliant. It's not Jekyll um, and Hyde and Holmes. Oh man, that's my that's my uh, that's my slash fiction right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, crimes and punishments is. Um, well, it's described as an adventure game, but you're kind of wandering around uh, third person or first person, and you um, there, there's very little action to it. There's tiny little kind of basic uh, quick time event type things where you're reacting mm. quickly to someone telling you a lie, or there's a little bit of boxing. Where there's like very basic QTEs, Ooh. but for the most part, you're wandering around, um, talking to people, exploring different dialogue options, looking people up and down to notice things about them doing little puzzles to um, deduce things um, about the case. And it's six mm. It's six cases. 
uh, which don't sort of particularly relate to each other, which is which I mm. quite liked. I know uh, some of the reviews took against it because they were like, well, where's the kind of overarching narrative? But the stories generally mm -hmm. don't have too much to do with each other. They kind of stand on their own. So I was kind of all right with that. The way you described it just now, it sounded a bit L.A. noir. Um, it is. Hmm, that's an interesting point. Is it quite L.A. noir? What makes you nervous about that, Mark? Oh, just, I hope it's not based on trying to decipher the faces of actors more transformed into polygons. No, none of that, none of that. You don't have to read any terrible facial expressions or anything like that because you, you kind of... Um, there's, there's lots of uh, nice uh, little moments in there which they've clearly refined over different iterations of the game. But one of the bits that I really like about it is when you first get talking to someone, you kind of get to look them up and down. Like you can, time stops and you move um, from, say, quite a close view of their head or their ear or something all the way down their body. Um, and you're noticing little oh. things about them, like uh, right, like um, you know, a, a particular little badge they're wearing, or like they've got dirt under their nails, or they've got mm. chalk marks on their collar, or something like that. that and that oh, tells that you cool. certain things about them, which is which is a thing that Holmes does in the stories yeah. all the time. He's like he notices mm. these tiny little things, and then that tells you something about him, like um, you know, the fact that he'd just been mm, to Manchester cool. to visit his mum or something. <laughs> so it gives you so, that ability to to appear like you're mystically deducing things, yeah. Which is mm. you know, which kind of the whole Holmes experience really is like. But you get to work that out. Um, yeah, mm. it's it really to me it manages to capture the feel of the stories, which is quite an amazing feat. What's happening? Are you, are you moving in a linear way through through? No, you can. Or you, is it you were moving around a world? Yeah, you're, like, well, it's different scenes, right? So in each case, there's probably um, say four or five different locations you can visit on the map. But within mm. those locations, you've got freedom of movement. You'll get a trigger to activate your kind of, well, for want of a better phrase, detective vision, like in the um, Batman games. <laughs> and yeah. you know, you 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 kind of turn on your detective vision, as it were. And yeah. uh, you get to notice something like there's some tracks on the ground or something like that. But don't you... The, the, the problem I had with this, I reviewed this for the mag last year, mm. was that it kind of breaks Holmes' mind down into about like 15 different mini-games that he kind of does at different times. It's like a... You know, he has... He has hmm. kind of a vision which lets him kind of zoom in on, you know, see clues. But then he also has this kind of like, they have this power which demonstrates he's got this really powerful imagination yeah. where kind of like the ghost of what happened happens. Yeah. But his the times they use it are for things which are really obvious. So, for example, yeah. you know, at the train station, he'll be like, hmm, what could have possibly have moved along these tracks? And then he just imagines a train, and you're like, "Yep, yeah, yeah that's, that would be that's a train. Right, Holmes. Yeah, you're right. That is a bit it's of a like, shortcoming. What a, Jesus, what a powerful imagination you have. That you is, know, yeah, uh, the, the imagination mode doesn't particularly work very well. But it's like a flip side to the intuition. The and the, the other thing, not to not to hijack this. There's this one mini game which is so like bizarre and duff, where um, Holmes can basically piece together and work out where a smell comes from i know the, the ship sort of, in the first case the by, ship no no but this is the problem the problem is is that the smell is always like incredibly i don't want to say it's stereotypical verging on like racist <laughs> because <laughs> oh, no. for example he'll be you know he'll go in and there'll be like a smell cloud and he'll sort of swivel it around and it'll form like a sombrero and he'll be like oh, oh yeah, it's yeah. a mexican was in here oh yeah no. this is like <laughs> 
You're like, that is That's so awful. That is so. It's like, yep, smells like sombreros, and we all know what that can be. You oh know? God, it's so that, that is ropey. Because, mm, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're getting at. I mean, I suppose my I'm, I'm kind of quite forgiving towards it because it is tickling towards me racism. Enough. What the hell? <laughs> what kind of person are you? <laughs> I'm a monster, Mark. When did you learn? Uh, no, obviously not. Um, I don't know. I can't. I was more forgiving towards those little shortcomings because they're quite brief, and um, I suppose. The idea of it, like, it was entertaining enough to me to piece the things together, piece together the different solutions in a way, Mm. like, because there's four or five different possibilities, all of which are vaguely plausible, that you can reach the wrong solution, right? You can come to a plausible, credible solution that happens to be wrong. Mm. Um, Oh, that's interesting. So what happens then? Like, you, you, it doesn't punish you for it. You can literally, no. you can accuse the wrong person as long as you've got the evidence to back that up. Yeah, and then I was that's kind the of all right end with of the that. case. Yeah, I thought that was a game. The game, the no. game won't oh, go cool. fail. So you can just send all these people to get, like, hung and be like, yeah, that's that then. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> got it. That's right. credible. Yeah. Classic Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's mad, but. Well, I don't know. I mean, it really tickled me because I think it was the first time I've seen that. That oh, I quite, uh, no, I quite liked it. It was. I, I played it over some successive first Sunday afternoons, and it was very gentle. Oh, it fun. is a gentle game. Very laid back. Very sort of yeah. cash. But I'm getting a kick out of it. Oh, great! When I reviewed it in the magazine, I gave it a six out of ten, and my strap line was Watson. The game is a six. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I was really pleased awesome. with that. That was like that's like my best <laughs> strapline in years. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, that was very interesting, Alan. Thanks for telling us. <laughs> smooth edit. So uh, <laughs> that isn't a smooth editing point. That was the natural break in the conversation. The that's natural, how it works. Just natural talking. But it was very interesting. And now, Greener, I would like to hear mm. what you have been playing. Okay, I will. Let me tell you. Let me listen. um so i haven't had much time for gaming uh last couple of weeks so um i thought i'd try and pick a game from my uh my enormous steam backlog that i thought would would let me dip in and out a bit um and so i chose just cause 2 which Mm. i have never played and uh boy oh boy that game is good like i'm i am kicking myself for not having played just cause too because i know how good it is and i think everyone's got it in their steam library because it kept coming up on sale like re- repeatedly a couple of years ago for like two pound or something um so everyone's got it um and you know it just sat there i knew it was good ah oh, that is so good so you all know what just cause two is right open yeah. world um giant in enormous yep. uh tropical island in you're a one-man gorilla tro- army really aren't you pretty much yeah and and the little the little twist is you've got a uh, you know like a hook shot. Was he hook hook shot? There <laughs> yeah, you go. Hook yeah, that's, the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not been done but you, before. Yeah, but you can not just attach it to things and drag yourself over to them and use it to pull enemies. You can also attach one thing to another, which just leads to you know, and everyone knows this about just cause two, so I won't dwell on it. But it just leads to the most like phenomenally hilarious sort of just messing around. It, it just cause two just feels like GTA with all the cheats turned on right from the start. <laughs> um, it just says 
you want to just explore this world and you want to get like get in every vehicle so you get planes and helicopters right from the start pretty much um the enemies are almost no challenge you'll you'll barely ever die um uh the 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 world is huge and yeah it it is it's just such an amazing playground um and looks really uh, beautiful as well you start re- you get a little kind of lots of little excited moments when you realize this kind of cascade of things that you can do with the um with the wire wire thing which by the way it's no surprise i can't remember the name it's because even when you attach the wire thing to an enemy the enemy shouts oh he got me with his wire thing <laughs> so even they don't know what it's called um so yeah there was a point there was a point where and i think i've seen this similar videos online there's a couple of hangars where planes regularly just take off by themselves like fighter jets so i went from um just attaching myself to the fighter jet and then jumping on top to realizing that I could attach a um, a man to the fighter jet and then the fighter <laughs> jet would go screaming off into the sky with this bloke <laughs> attached to it. Then realizing I could attach a truck to the fighter jet so the fighter jet would go up with the truck. Then realizing I could attach a truck to the fighter jet and then get in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> like just get pulled up into the sky with this truck just like careering around in flailing uh, about the place in midair. Then I got on the fight on top of the fighter jet and just rode it off into the distance to see how far it would go, and it ended up going like fifty kilom- kilometers outside of the game world, essentially, uh, which was amazing. Uh, and then obviously attaching a, a bomb to the fighter jet and blowing it up. Um, and yeah, I just really I, I tell you what I really like about it. It is the um, it's the it's the way um the scale kind of zooms in and out there's just because you get flying vehicles really early on you can you can very early on be in a helicopter and just be like flying miles over these mountain enormous mountains and giant road bridges and um enormous lakes and what have you but and then you can fly right down and then you're on that bridge you know, as a little man shooting cars and stuff. Mm. And there's just something just really um, sort of addictive about that, about continually kind of zooming out and zooming in. Um, yeah, just a game that just, just uh, you know, you know I, I've said this before, I really love games that just, that, that want to be fun, you know, and they're not, they're not trying to be pretentious or, or get, let their story get in the way of what you want to just mess around and do. And clearly just cause, I mean, it's called just cause, right? <laughs> it's like nice it, yeah so it's um yeah i just really like a, a sense of fun i'll probably but i've only played a little bit so ask me again in like 20 hours but yeah, yeah. that's it yeah I, I could see how it would be right up your street basically as a mm. sort of sandboxy thing i was wondering have you ever played gary's mod no um, nah because i think that might also be i don't know if that would be up your street or not is it can, a game you know, though gary's mod it's more just well, a toolbox isn't it it's one of those things that you can kind of gamify, but the game mm. is to make mad things. I don't uh, really like make it. It's weird. There's a kind of, um, there's a limit to how much I will put up having to make my own game. So making my own fun in Just Cause 2 is great. Um, but Minecraft is, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm out of here too much, mm. you know. So I don't know if Gary's mod would be a bit um I think I think you're you're broad. maybe an anarchist. You you like to cause <laughs> havoc within an ordered universe. Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that more yeah. what tickles you? Absolutely. There's nothing as you as we've explained before with Assassin's Creed. There's nothing I like better than watching people fall to their death. Um it, it, being able to like 
attach a man to the edge of a bridge so that he then flies over the edge of the bridge and then just getting the perfect <laughs> camera angle to just watch his body fall all the way down into the water. Exactly like Roadrunner. You know, there's that little pause <laughs> at the bottom where you can't see the dot of, of Wiley Coyote anymore and he's still falling. And then you get the splat at the end. That's just cause two <laughs> in a nutshell <laughs> for me. <laughs> So yeah, that's I'm the re- way you're playing the game. Uh, do you yeah. think anybody goes through that game and doesn't do any of that silly stuff? Like just plays uh, it straight through? Are I they missing so. the point? Are they getting a really mediocre? Yeah, I guess so. It's so easy to be distracted. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we're hope- we're hopeful for announcements, presumably. Yeah, I hope uh, Just Cause Three. Yeah, so as I was saying to you guys before, I think Just Cause Three has jumped to like very near the top of my most wanted list now. I hope they don't mess it up. They 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 should know what they're doing, right? Apparently, you can attach one thing to another thing. You know, but you know, you can attach, like you say, like a man to a to a plane. But you could do that like three times. Oh, cool! All this stuff hanging. Well, someone, uh, someone who played it for us likened it to um, dr- driving a car with like three goons attached to the back, like the kind of cans on a honeymoon car, <laughs> like a just married <laughs> rattling along the pavement. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, just one last thing about Just Cause 3 as well, which I think makes it more entertaining. The things that innocent bystanders say, um, unlike something like GTA, are very upsetting and serious. So if you blow up a petrol <laughs> station, the people around, I, think, I can't know what people say in GTA, but they're not like, oh, Jesus, what's going on here or whatever. They, li- yeah. they literally um, curl up into a ball and start crying um, <laughs> and they weep constantly or a man might say help help me please god help <laughs> and that makes it like extra amusing for me that is that's uh, right up your street <laughs> you, you're a sick you... man greener <laughs> but that's the thing like to them to the people in this world you know your character he's just like when that guy turns up people start getting attached to things like that's <laughs> how they that's just what they associate you with not emotionally, <laughs> we mean physically. No, no, just physically. Yeah. They're like, oh, this yeah. guy might save us or he might just start randomly attaching us to planes <laughs> or things like that. Is it, is it, that's, right. oh. that's why they roll into balls. Yeah, on that point about um, the, the kind of seriousness, it, when you know I was attaching a guy to a plane, I was talking about attaching a guy to hmm. a plane. If you do it before the plane takes off, they, they spend some time uh, with their head sort of bent down desperately trying to un- untie the wiry <laughs> thing from their from themselves you know just very seriously that's extra funny when he do- he tries that for seven seconds and then gets dragged off into the sky suddenly uh, it's brilliant honestly play just cause 2 is the best it would be really good if you could if you could have a button that you pressed which kind of like lets your character try and explain how to undo it to them. <laughs> so he's going, ah, and you just be like, no, just put the thing through the thing. Put the thing through the thing. And then just watch them get wrenched off and just sort of cackle to yourself. Just to really live that, live that fantasy. Yeah. Just Cause 3 feature. Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. So, so, a, a specific button to issue really unhelpful advice. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, not like that. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. That's good. Wow. You know, I I feel like it, it kind of shines a light on us as individuals, isn't it? Because you're se- seriously deranged, as we've ascertained. 
I don't have that in me. I've never been somebody who kind of likes to sadistically torture people. Oh, you say uh, that, but you had it, we you spent twelve hours playing uh, Gang Beasts with me, which is basically just all about little men getting uh, tortured <laughs> in increasingly yeah, interesting but he's and doing it to ways. my friends. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the legit. difference. Alan's game choice this week was all about kind of solving bizarre crimes and yours is basically about perpetrating like the most bizarre <laughs> crimes, bizarre crimes. <laughs> can you imagine Holmes coming in and trying to use his imagination vision and just being like well my imagination vision is telling me a man a man tied a rope to the other man and then tied him to a plane but I, that can't be <laughs> it right can't be. It can't be. <laughs> that can't be right can it Watson please tell me that, that that's not a thing that please could tell happen me that no human being could ever do such a thing <laughs> Even Moriarty's like, oh, too much, dude. <laughs> yeah, so you just cause. Yeah. That's all I got. There you go. So, Matthew, what, what about you? What's been happening in your game world? Um, I've been playing uh, the Talos Principle, oh, which yeah. is um, a PC game. Yeah, I want to hear uh, about this. A PC puzzler. Um, I think it's from the chaps who made Serious Sam back in the day. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. But they've sort of gone from kind of mad rampage shooter into making quite a sort of slow, sort of cerebral investigation into. It's kind of into the sort of nature of existence and and all many mm. bizarre things and things I don't entirely understand. Like I have to use Wikipedia a fair amount uh, while <laughs> I'm playing the game, um, right. which is always a good sign. What sort of thing? And what like the um, concepts? So the whole the whole the whole sort of idea of it is you're playing as some kind of like robot man. Yeah. Um you're in a world which sort of could be a simulation or it's, there's something a bit odd about it. It's like glitching out, but it's basically like it's 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 of uh various sort of giant walled off areas themed around kind of classic civilization. So there's like an Egyptian thing and a slightly Greek looking thing and So it's like the it's crystal all... maze then. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the crystal maze but you're a robot and the, you're kind of story wise you're interacting with these kind of a very old computers where you're having kind of a conversation with something which may be another ai might be a human down the line and you're trying to sort of convince it that you're human by answering kind of questions and it's all about mm. kind of oh well you know the nature of sort of th- you know thought and 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 what kind of what makes you exist and it's all very bizarre but i mean that's only the sort of story which is kind of around um the, the areas are made up of kind of uh sort of puzzle chambers which mm-hmm. kind of mm. i guess the closest thing would be something like portal um except where portal obviously had the portal gun like one really clear central sort of puzzle mechanic they this is sort of built around uh, sort of five or six different sort of um machines which you can use in different combinations in rooms kind of you go in and it gives you like um machines that can jam electronic devices or it might give you a box that you can climb on or it might give you a fan which can sort of like shoot you up in the air and you know push you over fences Mm. and you just have to use these to solve quite sort of simple looking spatial puzzles um Mm -hmm. it kind of it sounds really boring well, it's funny you say. But, it's funny you say it sounds boring because I I think I saw I'd, I'd heard of the game, but then I, when I went to you know I went to Gamescom last year, yeah, and they had they had it on the indie stand, and it was just a puzzle with some mirrors and 
directing a beam with some mirrors, I think. Yeah, there's a there's wow. prism. There's like this the thing. It's quite revolutionary in video games. It I've just never looks. That, yeah, so I know. That's boring. the thing. Like, I don't think it really does anything. I and mean, there's one power which lets you basically record yourself and then play yourself back in the world. So you're kind of doing co-op with yourself. Yeah. Right. right. Oh, what's that game that but, did that not too long ago? Uh, there was another platformer where that was super the whole time thing. force. There you go. Yeah. So this is the thing. It's, it's, it, none of it's particularly original, but it's very, very. It's 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 very well done. It's got very nice pacing to it. The way it kind of introduces each items and then kind of ramps up the kind of the sort of puzzle. You know, the the the, the kind of difficulty of the puzzles. It kind of reminds me a bit, and I always lean on this, so it's a really boring cliche, but um, of the kind of the way Zelda dungeons escalate, where they kind of give you an item and they give you a room where you learn the basic rules of that item, and then you have to kind of extrapolate on that on those to kind of yeah. get further in later mm. rooms. But okay. The, the, What's really interesting about it is you begin to realise that the individual puzzle chambers which you're solving um, actually weave into like bigger level-wide puzzles and begin to like affect one another. Mm. So where you place items in one room, you you might have to place them in a certain place so that you can then use them in a completely different room. And it it, it, it again it like it's. It's very, very hard to make it sound exciting, but it's a really satisfying puzzle. It tickles the same part of the brain that when you play Portal. It's it's not got the the, okay. the, the obvious kind of clever hook of Portal, but it has that mm. same kind of like lots of eureka moments, and there's lots of mm. it. It's a huge game. I've been playing it for about eight, ten hours, you know, and it still seems to be a lot more to it. And it's, you know, you really kind of have to dig into it. And the writing's great. The, the computer stuff is really, really good fun because it's quite sort of... Not silly, but it's got a sort of very dry sense of humour, but it feels quite smart as well. And, you know, you almost have to kind of... You're almost sort of picking out the meaning of the computers as you kind of read them, because they've got mm. very... You know, just trying to work out, like, where the hell you are and, what you know, what you're doing in this kind of robot body. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's very, very very unusual, but I like it a lot. It's coming to PlayStation as well, I think, but currently it's on PC only, but I like it. It makes me feel smart. Um, mm-hmm. God, I'm doing a terrible job of selling this. Uh, <laughs> it sounds. I think it's because it sounds. It's. It's. A, it looks. It looks and sounds to me like a very abstract game, and that is a that is a hard sell. You know, a, a, a game that's yeah. That I know, well, it's the funny thing because on you know the the image of it that they use on the Steam library is just like a robot cradling a kitten. Yeah, and that's that's like. But that's like the like the most accessible bit of it because you go, oh, it's a robot and a kitten. I get that, but uh, yeah. yeah, I just yeah. like it. I, I, if you like, if you're the kind of person who you know you like solving the puzzles and the obvious puzzles, but it's it's what really gets me is the digging like hidden puzzles out of the environment. You know, mm. it, it's a bit like the people who found all those sort of hidden stars in Braid, or you know, it's when yeah. you kind of it feels like. Oh, hang on! I've gone kind of beyond the game in some way, you know. Really, and it's really difficult. I and mean, some of the puzzles are incredibly kind of obscure. Um, mm. Yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I really rate, I really rate that, and it's, yeah, it's good. It's a good thing. <laughs> I guess it's more of a, if is it kind of your is it your bag is it up your street? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, it's very intriguing. I'm, I'm highly intrigued by what you've said, Mister Castle. Because it sounds like you're gonna whether you're deciding whether to nominate it for Space Arc or not. I, listen, I, let me put it this way. At no point in the game do you make a smell cloud of a sombrero. <laughs> so maybe it's not for you. Right, man. in which case I'm out, man. That's it. That's my yeah, level. Get out of here. It's, 
it's much more of a kind of box pushing game than a can I smell a sombrero game. <laughs> so, uh... Do you get to attach a man to a fighter jet at all, Matthew? Um, you might do. I have not got. I don't know. <laughs> you probably. I'd could. say it's more likely to have that than the sombrero thing. <laughs> the sombrero. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. But again, it's very hard to tell. So yeah. Well, that's that's, that's that sounded games. like that was quite a jolly round of what we've been playing. Yeah, it was, it's uh, yeah, three quite uh, different games there. Intriguing. Mm. For, for, for three quite different guys. Yeah, makes you wonder why we're doing a podcast together, really, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> but anyway, before we, uh, before we let that thought uh, kind of uh, settle too much, <laughs> I think we should uh, swiftly move on. So, uh, but first, this. So the platform we're on now is the 100% True Facts platform. Facts everywhere. There's facts. We are swarming with facts. It's just a case of plucking them out of the air. That's how they come to <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. It's like a butterfly house, except without all the dead butterflies in the, uh, at the top of the ceiling. That's always really grim. <laughs> it's more like just dead facts up there, really. Yeah, no dead facts here. They're all well and truly alive yeah. and well and truly true. Yep, 100% true. These have been properly sourced, cited. You know, there's none of this citation needed stuff. No, 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 no. no. In fact, you can offer this podcast as a citation for any assertion that you choose to make about video games. On Wikipedia. Wicked. Wikipedia. Yeah. So we're going to kick off with some uh, facts about The Witcher. That is going to be a big old game. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to it. It's just like, it's kind of intimidating. I'm intimidated. I don't know if I can do it. And that's true fact number one. That's that's a bonus true fact. <laughs> I, I don't fact. I Alan is intimidated <laughs> by The Witcher Three. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I'm easily I'm easily frightened. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll kick us off, shall I, with some genuine, one hundred percent verified truth. Feed me a fact. Okay, there was a, a sequel to the first Witcher game planned um, called The Witchel, uh, which focused heavily on the exploits of the redhead BBC royal <laughs> correspondent. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the royal correspondent. Yeah, oh, there he is. I had to look that one up. <laughs> well, we had to look them all up, all these true facts. Of well, this is true. This is true. <laughs> but I had to verify, you know. Um, the, I don't know if you know this, but the witches are injected with mutagens as children that give them, they give them magic powers, oh, yeah. uh, make, give them advanced uh, combat powers, and mm. also makes them abnormally good at countdown. <laughs> I true. thought you were going to play that one in- entirely straight. I thought I thought the third bit was just going to be another no. thing from from the Witcher. No. So talking of those magic powers, um, if you've been wondering how Geralt got the scar that runs down from his forehead to his um, cheek, yeah, um, it's because of the day that he discovered um, a hitherto unknown magic power he had which was the ability to cut his own face from his forehead down to his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very special power. I oh, thank you. In The Witcher 3, uh, you can proposition pretty much anyone or anything, including the following things or people. NPCs, yes. uh, particularly attractive trees and scenery, <laughs> uh, barrels of twine, and... <laughs> If you really go for it, you can proposition the crew of the Normandy. <laughs> what? The crew What's of the, the Normandy from Mass Effect. Oh, yeah, okay. 
You can yeah, uh, you can muscle in on some shepherd territory. <laughs> oh, that's just rude. Yeah, I've got something. This is going to shock you, actually. Um, what you probably don't know is that The Witcher is actually a prequel to the popular ITV Victorian crime drama, The Suspicions of Mr. Witcher. Mm. Makes sense. How does how does the Witcher know what time it is? He looks at his Witcher watch. <laughs> that's not a fact. That's just a, that's just a terrible, terrible joke. That is greener. I'm so disappointed. Anyway, carry what, on. That one, uh, that one bombed harder than my suspicions of Mr. Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> you just you brace yourselves for this for this beauty. The Witcher Three is so big that if you were to walk all the way around it, you'd actually get tired and you need to have a sit down and a bit of a rest. Ah, oh, that's cute. Mm. Um, so uh, Geralt has two swords that most people know about. He has a steel sword for fighting men. He has a silver sword for fighting monsters. Uh, but the Witcher Three introduces a third. It's a foam sword, uh, just for when he's uh, entertaining at a kid's party. <laughs> I thought he was going to say when he appears on uh, ITV's Gladiator. I, I, cu- I couldn't think of where you, where, where you use the foam sword. So, well, well, the other know. place you use a, a, a foam sword is if you're doing live role-playing or LARPing. Maybe oh, yeah. he's a big LARPer. So the, <laughs> the <laughs> so the Witcher has seven brothers. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, mm-hmm. The Switcher... The Stitcher, the Twitcher, the Scratcher, the Hatcher, the Retcher, and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> All playable as DLC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would have been a better joke. Oh. Fact. I meant fact. Thanks, guys. I feel I feel really enriched by that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's does. almost like I don't feel I need to play The Witcher 3 anymore Those facts were so good No, I mean, uh, I've, I've got a good handle now on what it is And, and everything about it So I'm, I'm kind of okay now, I feel I've experienced it good. Uh, the only, I think the only thing that would sort of make it better Is this It is the year 3000 Apocalyptic disaster has struck In what has become known as The Event Millions are dead or dying in the molten lava of a collapsing planet. The one beacon of hope, the Space Ark, constructed to protect humanity's best people and greatest works, and carry them safely to a new home beyond the stars. Racing against time, the Space Ark Games Committee convenes to decide which video games will be preserved for future generations, and which will be lost forever to the fire. Space Ark! We're on the Space Ark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we didn't just have that as the intro. I don't know why we did all that, you know, why we got that special computer yeah, voice and stuff. That would have just done, straight in. Done. So it's kind of, um, it's like all-you-can-eat lava here at the... Sp- at the sp- Which at the, is uh, a lot. So it is a lot. You can, eat, is, is, you can eat lava until, until you burst. Until it the cows can, come home yeah. and they're made of lava. Yeah. Basically, it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Yeah. Um, let's, just, let's just cut to the chase here. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, a bit of an unusual uh, space art genre this week. Games where you play as an animal. Which, when we were talking about it last week, in my mind, I had games where you play as a, a non-anthropomorphic animal. You know, just a normal, down the line, right. no, no funny business animal. But, of course... Yeah. Um, 
yes, we, of course, the way we described it, it can be um, any game with a talking animal, which is about 30% of all the video games ever made. At least, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's our broadest genre yet. Yeah, so should we? So, so what we thought, um, we've had quite a lot of nominations from the year 2015. Must have been a busy, a busy month. Well, what you've got to remember, Greener, is that they actually had animals back then, uh, which obviously. <laughs> the cheese from, yeah. Or is that... I, we haven't had animals for quite some time, no. probably about 400 years. So, yeah. yeah. Now all we've got is. Donkeys with three heads and uh, and dogs that don't have heads at all. It's yeah. grim, <laughs> super grim. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we as we had quite a, quite a few nominations, we're gonna we're gonna go. I think we're gonna not vote for any games ourselves, and uh, we're gonna throw. We're just gonna throw it over to the listeners uh, straight away in a shock mm. shock twist, a shock democratic twist. Hey, we're we're allowed to do whatever we like. That's the, <laughs> yeah. the rules of the games room in <laughs> the space are. If we want to be not bothered to come up with any nominations ourselves, then we're free <laughs> yeah. to do it. I did have such a good nomination as well, but uh, I'm going to keep oh, it to myself. Let's do it at the end anyway. <laughs> let's do it at the end anyway. All right, let's start. I'm just going to give you a forewarning. I've got quite strict criteria because I want to, I want games which remind me of what animals were like. So that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> okay. Let's see if this one does it for you then, uh, yeah. Matthew. So Mike Channel on Twitter, uh, oh, he's yeah. nominated. Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. Do you know him? He's um, yeah. Oh, do you? He used to he used to work for OXM. He he's now part of the excellent uh, outside Xbox crew. Well, let's see if his uh, nomination is as excellent as his crew. Um, <laughs> he he uh, he's nominated Tokyo Jungle. Which oh. uh, I've never played. He, he offers absolutely no justification for his choice at all. It's simply the name of the game, which is exclusively for the PlayStation Three. So top Xboxing there. <laughs> have you? Have either of you played Tokyo Jungle? I haven't. No, no. no. So it's intriguing though. It's, I was always intrigued by it. Yeah, it's it is an intriguing one in that it's sort of set in a post-apocalyptic Tokyo where only animals remain. And it's basically a sort of survival game. You, you have to basically survive as long as you can as as an animal. Um, but, like, the animals can vary. I think you, you, can, you start off, like, you can play it as, like, a cat, but, like, all the way up to, like, lions and things like that. And uh, you have to kind of, like, be part of the food chain so you can kind of eat things which are smaller than you, but you've got to try and dodge the animals that are bigger and then you can pick to start as different animals mm-hmm. if i'm remembering it correctly and then see kind of how long you survive as that animal i see yeah for some reason i'm picturing i'm picturing a kind of katamari damacy thing but with animals oh, that's probably not accurate at all the, the animals don't stick to you uh, <laughs> you don't roll around okay so you don't like play as big hedgehog no. and just see, roll I'm, around I'm, I'm picturing like just cause two where all the animals are all attached to each other with like a rope. And, uh, <laughs> is it like that? No, again, it's it's not really like that. <laughs> and they're wearing sombreros. Yeah. There's like a little chihuahua with a sombrero. Yeah. Well, it sounds kind of, I, I mean, I, yeah, I've heard really good things about Tokyo Jungle. So um, yeah. it's a really intriguing concept. Uh, does, yeah. Mm, so... And it's very animally. So it scores high on animalness. It, it is. I mean, it's animals playing animals. which Like is actual animals as well, isn't it? 
Yeah, they're not like they don't talk. They're not like wisecracking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see a lot of wisecracking animals, I think. In, uh, in well, that's the Space thing. Up. Like, I don't. That's what I don't care for. None of them wear trousers, which is another bugbear <laughs> mm. of mine. Kinky. <laughs> I, I'm ten- um, I'm inclined to put it in. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm sold. Yeah. yeah he got good reviews on that, so I think it's well worth um, well worth having on board. There you go, uh, Mike Chanel. You're in. Okay, so Ben Summer on Twitter says, "I think the hamster mini game." from Professor Layton and Pandora's Box was worthy of several Game of the Year awards on its own. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was that like? I've got a feeling it was like a talking hamster and you were teaching it circus tricks. Oh, right. That does sound good. Wait a minute. I think so. I think that was it. Like I've got this picture of this... For some reason, I've got this hamster with like a very heavy kind of Brooklyn accent, but I don't know if that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's it. You, so you're basically training this hamster, and it's on like a checkered board, and you have to plant kind of various uh, bits of scenery around the board to try and lead it to eat some apples. <laughs> Video games, eh? I mean, Video games. Where would we be without them? Yeah, <laughs> I think we. It doesn't really. It doesn't really capture the hamster experience for that's, me. Yeah, it's not <laughs> quintessential hamster. And we did elements. say games where you. But then, and you, you're not playing the animal, are you? You're. you're you're... No, you're kind of guiding it, which mm. is like I don't know. I mean, that is what it's like having a pet. Um, <laughs> a little, a little anecdote. Um, we had a hamster, and its eye fell out of its head. Oh, well, what? <laughs> yeah, that I tell you what, that doesn't happen in Professor Layton. Let me tell you that. <laughs> what? 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 Just, what? <laughs> yeah, its eye, its eye popped out of its head. We came. We came what? down. We just thought. We came down. Just thought it was like being funny because it had like a really big eye, and you're like, "Oh my oh, god!" Yeah, like it was. Kind of thought, you thought, I'm wait, completely traumatized by that. You what thought it just... was being funny. You thought it was a, a like, perhaps playing a practical joke on well, you. Well, no, like he was pulling a funny face, like a like a <laughs> like giving you the evil eye. Oh, you mean like the dramatic uh, hamster, you know? Yeah, like on exactly, YouTube, like a dramatic chipmunk. Like yeah, dramatic chipmunk. Yeah. That's him. Yeah, yeah, but no, it no, it turned out its eye had fallen out of its head. So, it how on joke. earth did that happen? Did it sneeze too hard? Uh, what was going on? <laughs> we never. We you know never that really... thing where you you keep your eyes open and you sneeze and your eyes pop out your head. <laughs> well, the vet the vet seemed to think it got stressed. Uh... <laughs> Oh my god! I've had quite a hard week. Now I'm really worried. <laughs> but yeah, but that's I mean that's considering that is my only hamster experience. I can't say whether or not Leighton nails it. I mean, <laughs> that is you've managed to find something even grimmer than like three billion people melting in in lava. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh my god! I'm see to me I. Well, I visualise that, which obviously he can't, but I visualise it <laughs> as him walking around with this thing dangling out of his head. No, no, it wasn't dangling. It was just like big. Oh, just big. Oh, right. So he wasn't able to see around corners and stuff. Okay. No, he no. was able. He was able to see around corners. Oh, so you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, he wasn't yeah. Like, able to sort of turn it to his advantage. Okay. I'd say, if anything, it's probably better than that he went then then live to see what became of Earth because whatever became of Earth was way more stressful than whatever could have happened in yeah. our house to make his eye do that. I mean, his other yeah, eye exactly. would have just been like... Yeah, the stuff, that's hap- that, the stuff that's happening now is not stuff you want to see with an eyeball that is suddenly able to see more than normal. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? like you don't want even more enhanced reality. 
This is lava in 4K. You don't want that. <laughs> no. So I so think we, we did him a favour. I got that thing at the moment. You know when you're a bit tired or you've been very busy and that, and you, you your eyelid starts to flicker, mm. you yeah. know? Yeah. I got yeah. a little bit of that at the moment, and, yeah. now, I'm, and now I'm really worried. Now you've got to be worried. Yeah, but imagine what an awesome superpower, the ability to look a little bit further into the distance than uh, than you are now. It's fantastic. <laughs> So um, did we did we put the hamster mini? No, we're not uh, going to put the hamster I'd, mini. I'd in. say I'd say n- n- no, no because it's like yeah. the it's... hamster could be anything. It's just like a two D static image of a hamster face. Like it could be anything. No, okay, no, no, no from you, Alan. I'm I'm traumatized. Nothing is going in the space arc this week. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to sit in a corner and shiver and have a little cry now. What is happening? <laughs> Um, so Richard Field on our blog nominated Parappa the Rapper. We, we've already done that. Parappa we? the Rapper is already in the Space Arc, my already friends. Episode seven, Rhythm Games. So um, an excellent nomination. Fully support it. It's already in. Yeah. So that was it. That one was easy. Boom. So let's talk Akami because we've had. Mm. Uh, it's the only game that got multiple nominations for this week's Space Arc. Um, well, yeah, it's, on, that's a lovely looking thing, isn't it? Um, mm, the the white wolf and that beautiful kind of uh, like hand drawn Japanese style. Yeah. So, Will Ormerod says, "I nominate a sensational Akami, if only because it has a level which plays out in an arc from space that has crashed into a frozen lake, which would be <laughs> which would be a nice change from all this dratted lava. Dratted is a very mild word. <laughs> dratted for, is, uh, a, is is exactly the the, the term for yeah. it. Yeah." Also, because of its wonderful story, great celestial brush mechanic, and the unique art style, which makes it look like a traditional Japanese drawing. And then Gumama says, uh, Akami is also hugely reminiscent of the tale of the Princess Kagua. Am I pronouncing that right? Um, yeah. 100% movie. guarantee that's it. The, that's the recent um, Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. Which was, I believe, she says, cast into the lava by the animated film committee on the space arc. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. They're harsh. We're all all the same. We're all the same. And then James Langston, who said he assumes that suggesting Repton on the BBC Micro is a waste of time. You're you're, you're a sort of gecko thing. It's more an alien than an animal, I feel like, Repton. Anyway, he says he's going to go for Akami. Uh, You're a goddess who's also a wolf. That counts right. It's the best non-Zelda Zelda. Oof. Whoa. It's got the most uplifting music and you can unlock the ability to urinate on your enemies. What's not to like, question mark? Well, Akami. Yeah, very wolfy. Very wolfy. Uh, and very sort of lovely in, you know, which you might, you mm. might reasonably hope for that from a- an animal type game in a way which personally I thought Echo the Dolphin never managed. It's like, you know, done properly. <laughs> Those are two games I never thought I'd hear compared. But uh, there you go. (laughs) Echo the Chuffing Dolphin. Get out. Uh, Uh, Are there any nominations for Echo? Because I can't be doing with it. (laughs) Akami is absolutely beautiful. Um, But I never, I found it, I could never get into it. I found it really slow. And I always just sort of lost interest. I sort of got got sort of bored and went off and did something else. It's kind Um, of an atmosphere though. Atmosphere type thing. Yeah, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, And I didn't play the... I don't think I played the Wii... It was a Wii remake, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah, port, yeah. yeah. 
I must admit, I've never finished it, but mainly because it's massive. Like, when you yeah. think you finish it, like, there's a big boss where you're like, oh, this is, I've played about a game's worth of stuff, this looks like the big boss, and then it just turns out to be, like, there's, there's you know, twice as much afterwards, so it's, it's a bit of a beast, that one. Um, if anything, I think, I think the reason it should go in is the, um, when you learn new celestial powers, you mm. do it by painting in the star constellations, and then they're, mm. like, the animals like the i don't know if they're zodiac animals that kind of represent the constellations come alive and they're meant to be really majestic but every single one of them like botches their entrance like they kind of you know it'll trip over or it'll kind oh, of right. like arrive on a ball and then and then the ball will explode or something you know they're really <laughs> dumb it's it completely it feels mystical and spiritual and then it kind of like mm. it just plays like a fart joke you know yeah. it's it's uh mm. That mm. deserves rewarding. That does deserve a reward. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah, yeah insane I think, to not put this on. Yeah, let's get it in. Yeah, let's get it in. It's nominated by so many people. Yeah, I think it's let's a, let's, let's it's wolf a... it down. Nice. Oh god. So Grant Jones says, "I would like to nominate Red Card Soccer." Huh? Mm-hmm. It's not an okay. obvious pick, but you can you can unlock a variety of teams, including dolphins and penguins. Remember them? Mm. Oh, you've got to beat them, haven't you? Lava wasn't their favourite environment, so it's only right we... <laughs> it, no, they've adapted now. They've mutated. There's dolphins everywhere. So it's only right we remember... They're fire dolphins. It's terrifying. It, so it's only right we remember these friendly species as the football hooligans they truly are. Uh, lamping the referee with Pingu's brother moments before the whistle blows would cheer up the most hardened arc residents. Uh, yeah, well, the, the most hardened arc residents are some of the people we fished out the lava, and the lava has dried. They're super hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> 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 That's my joke. So, <laughs> um, red card soccer, eh? This doesn't scream, um, you know, treasured history of gaming to me. No, I, I also wonder, I, I worry it sends, perhaps sends the wrong message in that... Like, if the only evidence of these animals is going to be these video games, like the Youth of Tomorrow, yeah. if if there is a Youth of Tomorrow, is going to watch it and be like, oh, well, that's what dolphins did. And you'd be like, no, not really. Like, if anything, I'd rather have Echo the Dolphin. Oh, whoa, wait. No, no I, I, don't, listen, I don't want Echo the Dolphin, but I'd rather have <laughs> Echo the Dolphin than Red Card because it represents, like, at least you can go, yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah. That kind of I, has the feeling. Real dolphins thinking, had less of that alien nonsense. There, there wasn't as much of that. But like that good naturalistic piece of Okami, yeah, it was sort of really representative. <laughs> well, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So red card soccer, no. It's given yeah. the red card. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> and by red, we mean lava. Very. Yeah. <laughs> it's given the red. There are only red cards in uh, <laughs> all in cards 3, are red. All, all of them are red, <laughs> uh, along with everything else you've ever loved. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, Grant, that's gone. That's gone in the lava. Um, how about this one? Joe Pickhaver, <laughs> commenting on our website, says he wants to nominate, get this, Deadly Creatures on the Wii. Hmm. Okay. It's, both, it's both repulsive and extremely satisfy, fi, uh, sorry, satisfying to play as its protagonist, and its world is just a pleasure to explore. The game was criminally overlooked when it was originally released. Bless it with a second chance and let it live on in the space arc. Oh, he makes a good case. That's appealed to me, that emotional uh, mm. appeal. It's <laughs> all grim, horrible monsters, isn't it? 
Is this Deadly okay, creatures. You play as a sc- you play as a scorpion, and you play yeah. as a tarantula. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah, and you have to like fight all sorts of different. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it was overlooked. I say we we very much we very much looked looked and disregarded. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing with it was the whole the whole hook was that you were playing as these a scorpion and a tarantula just going about you know their kind of scorpion and tarantula business and and <laughs> there'd be a story kind of unfolding in the background between these two kind of treasure hunters. Bizarrely, this because this was a Wii exclusive. Bizarrely, it was it was voiced by. Um, Dennis Hopper and Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, what? Someone at TH because this is where THQ basically went mad and went, oh, you know how we'll, you know the Wii, you know, oh yeah, you know the Wii, which is really appealing to families with like Wii sports and things. And you're like, oh yeah, definitely. How about a Dennis Hopper and Billy Bob Thornton gritty thriller played through the eyes of a scorpion? <laughs> And that's a business strategy which has paid off very well. Congratulations on your foresight there. That is the weirdest pitch. I like. (laughs) I just. I don't know what happened that that game got made of the Wii of all things. I think there's a weirder pitch, and that pitch is Joe Pitgaver pitching it for (laughs) our collection of the greatest video games of all time. The one thing I'll say for it is it doesn't try and like jazz up this you know it's not like the scorpion and and the tarantula kind of chat and you know they're just it's just the scorpion and just the tarantula and the things mm. they fight are the things that a scorpion and tarantula would fight and be scared of and it's all to scale yeah but, well that well the reason they don't chat is it's very i guess they couldn't get billy bob thornton and dennis hopper together in a in one place <laughs> uh no they don't voice they don't voice the, oh? the animals Oh, what? I thought they were the voices of the scorpion no, and the no, tarantula. No, 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 no. They voice two oh. humans who the scorpion oh. and the tarantula are just sort of like crawling around. What? I have no idea what this game is about. And we've been talking about it for at least 10 minutes. Just imagine there was a Coen Brothers film starring <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton and Dennis Hopper. But then imagine if instead of the game being about that film, it was about a scorpion who was in the same room as the film. <laughs> oh, no. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the literally the, that's the pitch. It's like... You're there, but you're not really there. And well, yeah. I'm definitely putting this in the arc for sure, based on <laughs> this description for sure. What? I mean, I, I mean obviously we, we. I do. I remember its name from back in the Endgamer days, but the the actual the actual description of it is. I have no memory. Oh god, of it. I, it sounds. I remember brilliant. going Put it to in. when we went to the press reveal for this because THQ were like, "Oh, well, you're gonna. We've we've put all. You know, we're really getting behind the Wii in a big way. We've got a big Wii exclusive, which back then, like any Wii exclusive, was." was big news you know it's yeah. going to be really different it's going to be really interesting you're like oh what the hell is it going to be like, you know is it going to be like a saint's row for Wii, or is it going to be red <laughs> faction and then you came into the room and there were all these big pictures of scorpions everywhere and you're like come on this is this, this isn't great <laughs> this doesn't look like saint's row and then it just sort of went a little bit downhill from there but um you oh. know they took me to san francisco to see it so i can't really complain oh, so that's <laughs> Yeah, you're you're contractually obliged not to complain about that. Yeah, yeah I wonder where T- I wonder where all THQ's money went. Question yeah, mark. funny that. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, I'm saying yes to Deadly Creatures. I'm g- no, 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 no. Oh, it's rubbish. But I'm tempted to save it just because it's so. I want it as like a warning to history. <laughs> <laughs> History's had like, quite let's, enough let's warnings. Let's not. Let's not do this again. Uh. So yeah, I'm going to let it in on that ground. Oh God, it's in. 
deadly oh, well. creatures. Deadly. Oh man, it's like snakes on a train, but it's deadly creatures on a space hog. Oh yes, deadly creatures in Tetris out. <laughs> it's one in one out, is it? Yeah. God. All right, let's move swiftly on <laughs> if, from if that. You see, if Tetris, if there was a version of Tetris where the blocks were voiced by Billy Bob Thornton and Dennis Hopper, then it would be in. <laughs> That's that movie, isn't it? Isn't there like a Tetris movie? What, voiced by Dennis Hopper and Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah, definitely. I don't yeah. think so. You're which, spinning which block, me which... too hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's Billy right, Bob let... Thornton as, a, as an yeah. L block. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> want to ask which, uh, which one it was. Tom Doughty says he begins his email uh yo 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 funk master generals so i think i think he's probably writing from 1995 instead of 2015 um he's certainly maybe, writing that, for... that's how they spoke then yeah or maybe by maybe by the year 3000 we have been promoted literally to the position of funk, <laughs> funk master generals <laughs> so, I, I, or possibly the army that's... got pretty weird when all the professionals died is that is that like the formal way to commence a business letter these days? Is that how you do <laughs> yeah, it? In the future, yeah. In the future, like well, all the great, all the great so minds much. are dead, so we're just kind of left to this. We're kind of an idiot <laughs> society like, now. It's not dear sir or madam or to whom it may concern. It's yo yo yo, 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 yo masters general. Yeah. So his submission is blink the time sweeper for the original Xbox. Interesting. Mm. So uh, yeah, blink is the is the launch platformer for the Xbox starring a fat ginger cat. Your job is to reverse boring soulless levels and suck up drab mm. unimaginative enemies with your hoover, which for some reason mm. can alter time. He says, look, I'll be honest, this game is utter rubbish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost forgot that. He says, with the rising lava gently lapping at my ankles. <laughs> That's a nice image. My ability to think rationally has been greatly affected with this game being the first to pop into my head. I've had a great life. I've laughed, lived, and loved. But now my future is sealed, and I must accept my fate. If you could do me the honour of booting the complete travesty of a game, Blink the Time Sweeper, Blinks, isn't it? Blinks, Blinks, isn't it? Into the lava, you will have made my final moments on this once beautiful world that of contentment. Goodbye, Space Ark, and good luck. Forever yours, Tom Doty. Doty? Is that how I pronounce his name? Doughty, I think, yeah. Tom Doughty. Sorry, Tom, if we've got that wrong. P.S. See you on the other side. Oh God. Um, <laughs> well, that that took an unexpected turn. So, I mean, I was I was with him until he said yours forevermore, while simultaneously admitting that he was very quickly going to be consumed by the fire. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a very weak promise. That is a weak <laughs> promise, kind of Tom. <laughs> so that's one mm. of those negative nominations. <clears throat> Blinks the time sweeper. Yeah, like, I mean, not not super fondly thought of. But maybe, maybe he didn't even say this, but he knows it's rubbish, but maybe he enjoyed it at the time. I think he's been attracted to the idea of altering time. You know, the idea that some magical cat could uh, reverse us back to the year 2999. Do you think he, he's but, just really bitter that in his absolute moment of need, Blinks didn't appear and rewind the clock? <laughs> so he's like, screw you, Blinks. If I'm going down, we're all going down. <laughs> um. No, yeah, I'm saying no. Then I'm I'm with no. him. I'm not. Let me make clear. I'm not with him in the sense I don't want to go into the lava with him. I'm with him in spirit with uh, putting Blinks into the lava. Blinks has got to go in the lava. It, oh, but it was a, that was a that was a cracking email. I, <laughs> and Blinks was the great hope for the original Xbox. You know, it was, it was well 
I guess Halo. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Having played Halo um, in the very, very, very early days, you know, working mm. on OXM issue one, I can tell you it wasn't Blinks that we were uh, convinced <laughs> by. I can tell you that now. That's a little glimpse Straight... behind the veil of those years. <laughs> James McQuirter. We got loads of nominations this episode. James McQuirter yeah. says, my vote goes to Mole Mania on the Game Boy. Hmm. I thought it did as much as possible with your ability as a mole <laughs> to burrow beneath the ground. In particular, the clever use of two overlapping perspectives of the game world as you travel between the underground and overground <laughs> to solve a variety of single screen puzzles, many of which require spatial awareness and clever use of enemies, burrow holes and items. Also, also, since moles live below ground, their only home will have been filled with lava after the event. <laughs> Just a horrible image. I believe it's... Yeah, but it's not like, it's not like they'd be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, what are those moles oh, they'd, just be, they'd just be like, bloody hell, it's hot in here. What's going on? <laughs> Dead. I believe it's Dead. our response. <laughs> he says... Oh, nobody gives some love to Monty Mole either. I was just oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Games. Monty Mole. I loved like the way Monty Mole's body moved. So James says, <laughs> I believe it's our responsibility to ensure that future generations <clears throat> understand what it's like to be a burrowing mole. <laughs> that is pretty much what it's like, really. It's just a series of puzzles. I don't think reminding people what it's like to be a mole is like the highest priority uh, for the games committee on the space arc. But fair well, enough. it was Miyamoto like, like Miyamoto game. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, I'm I'm quite persuaded by that. I think I think it'd be a nice thing. Yeah, Mole Mania has got a lot of fans actually. Um, yeah, cute little game, and uh, yeah, much loved. I'm saying yes, Matthew. Yeah, I got I got no problem with that. Balladia. He says, ah, yes, the well-known games where you play as an animal genre. Yeah, that yeah, all right, chestnut. all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it is a bit of a stretch. Uh, he'd like to nominate uh, Lilac Wars, a.k.a. Uh, Star Fox 64, because it's Lilac Wars, a.k.a. Star Fox 64. No, it's Star Fox. Fox like, always Mac- in my head, it's Star Fox. Yeah, yeah. Fox McCloud's last hurrah before everything went a bit adventures. Well, quite, <laughs> quite. Yes, this is definitely going in. Uh, I got Star Fox... 64 on import because i had an american uh, nintendo 64 which i imported um that was brilliant for the time um, yeah uh it's a no-brainer it's got to mm-hmm. go in right i mean wonderful game fantastic crazy voice acting um really that, nice multiplayer yeah Enjoyable. um that the routes you know getting trying to go through all the different routes through the levels and the multiple bosses um i'd say letting it on does mean uh, letting Slippy Toad onto the arc. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put that out there. Mm. <laughs> yes, but you know, all 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 God's creations, aren't they? Really? Uh, so I don't. Slippy have a Toad is is not the creation of any god. <laughs> <laughs> Your god has deserted you. That now. is a that is a that is a cruel and unusual god. <laughs> yeah, that's a where is your god now? When that, uh, <laughs> that starts, starts yapping. That's what Miyamoto <laughs> just screams at you. Where is your god now? Like, it's got to go on. It must go on. I can't, you know, I can't. Yeah, of course it's going in. Do you know what I really love about Star Fox 64? The haunting title music. Uh, oh, no, the haunting menu music, I think. Mm. Um, so it's, re- it's very Mass Effect-y. You know that, um, 
you know the um, title music to to Mass Effect, kind of the haunting sort of space echoes. Um, yeah, I, I feel like Star Fox sixty four uh, did it first. Um, it's a very beautiful music. Yeah. Well, aren't the aren't the the, the whole flying through the gates? You know, mm. that the, isn't that meant to be? They're meant to be like those sort of wooden arches that lead up to shrines. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Apparently, really? he visited a shrine. He saw like a path with all oh. the arches going up to the thing, and thought, "Oh, imagine flying under there or something." Is in the, a spaceship. Oh. That's Ooh, the cute oh, anecdote. He said he went to them and went, "Imagine flying up th- under there as a fox," <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh god, yeah, sure thing, man." <laughs> Yeah. Also, there are tiny people living in my garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh god, he's having he's having one of those moments. Thanks for all those nominations, everyone. Um, Shall we just we we all we all came to this arc with um, games in mind. So um, let's just rapid fire um, do our three uh, uh, nominations for space arc. Go, Alan. What's yours? All right. Okay, I'm going to go quickly. Um, I'm going to nominate Rampage. Slightly left field choice, uh, mm, which came out on all sorts of different systems. 1986, you can play as a big wolfy man or a Godzilla-y type lady or a big ape George, and you you go around smashing up the buildings yeah. and uh, choppers and tanks and stuff like that. And it uh, had the feeling for one of, one of the first times in games that I'd played anyway, where you were playing essentially as the baddie. And you had mm. to cause as much havoc as you as you could before you died. And yes. uh, a very very funny game as well because when you uh, run out of health, you turn into a little naked human and shuffle <laughs> off sideways at the side of the screen. Yeah, I loved Rampage as arms. a kid, and it's a very unfair game because one of those arcade games that's very much designed to keep you pumping money into it because it was. This is why I would go for a, I'd go for a home a home version. I think. Oh, uh, the home versions were awful. No, no, not all of them. weren't. I, I played it mostly on the Spectrum and. Uh, that was really good. No, no, no. You know what? You so what, wait. You you want to put the spectrum version in? Is that what you're saying? Um. Yeah, I'm going to put the spectrum version in. Right. It's yeah. a no, Matthew. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I've never really liked Rampage, so it's a no from me. Uh, into the lava, Alan. I'm afraid. Oh, I'm sorry. That. <laughs> All right, Matthew. Okay, next. Uh, I'm going to vote for uh, Space Station Silicon Valley. Oh yeah. On the That's N64. A great pick. Uh, excellent puzzle game where well technically you play as a little computer chip who can kind of possess various robotic animals um mm. but what i loved about it was each animal had a kind of you know bizarre sort of power and you had to kind of use all the animals in any given kind of ecosystem to sort of solve mm. various puzzles just remember it having a really good sense of humor um yeah it was good i really like the style of it i think it was uh was it dma pre yeah it's dma Auto. yeah um yeah, no, that's re- Space Station for Silicon Valley is a really, really lovely thing. Really, really great music. Um, um, famously had a bug that meant you couldn't fully complete it. That they never, they never fixed. Oh, I was, I was pretty rubbish at it anyway. So, yeah, I never got anywhere near the end of it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, mm. Silicon Valley in super in. Yes, Alan. Boom! Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sold. It's a cracking game. It's in. Great. All right, and I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, there's so many games that, where you play as animals, yes. but the the main one that popped into my head is a game no one else is, is going to have heard of or played, uh, which is a game called Catwalk on the ZX Spectrum, um, which is one of the <laughs> one of the very first games I played. So it, you know, it's it it it's just a very strange little platformer. Look it up on YouTube. Um, you play as a cat, and 
they it's one of those single screen platformers so each um each each level is just one single screen and the aim is just to collect mice on every screen there's there's lots of mice to collect but it goes from sort of like a side on screen i think you're outside a house on the first screen and so you're just like wandering around collecting mice but i think there's bombs coming out of the windows and then the second screen you're on a you're suddenly on a building site and suddenly it's like a proper platforming level because there's gravity and you can fall off things which you couldn't do in the first level uh, it's just one of those really hauntingly odd games that stuck with me my whole life um when you died it would make this noise like this <laughs> and your cat bod your cat spirit would float up to heaven that sounds like a cat having a, a furball moment <laughs> yeah, did, it, it. did it give you uh did it give you nine lives yes yes it did and it was super hard so it was very easy to run out of those lives and that my my main memory of catwalk is that i it was i was so young and I, and I was so new to games that i think level three or four um uh, it was all these kind of like um, diagonal paths through the screen you had to take. And, and the edges of each path um, were little spiky objects that would kill you instantly. And I could not get past, I could not navigate these diagonal paths until I realized that you could press the right button and the down button at the same time and you would move diagonally. And this uh-huh. was the first time I had ever realized you could do this in video games. So it was like this Whoa. like... It That's set a me up. Moment. <laughs> it's like a, uh, so, yeah. At the tender walk. age of twenty-three. <laughs> Come on, then hit me. Hit me with your catwalk. Catwalk, votes. get out, get out of here. <laughs> there is no possible way in that in which that's getting on. Oh, I'm going to miss catwalk. Uh, I I quite like cats, so I'm going to let it on. Oh, it's in. Yeah, another another um, completely unique greener memory goes into the arc, and another dump game gets on the arc. <laughs> oh, catwalk, that's cute. But yeah, no, some really good suggestions there. Thanks, everyone. That was a really um, a really lively uh, genre. Um, so I, yeah, I think we should do more genres that aren't real genres. You know, yeah, I think uh, it's come. It's some really interesting choices. Um, and yeah, we've got a nice little, a nice menagerie of digital animals now to amuse us uh, on the arc. So that's nice. Makes the days mm. go a bit quicker. That's the end of another space arc. Another another uh, couple of weeks existing in a box with video games and Alan and Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> what an existence. Um, so yeah, thanks everyone. And uh, let's hop off onto something else after this. So that brings us to the end of another podcast, my yes, friends. Indeed. It's uh, replete with delights and joys as ever. Uh, some nice mm. space arky stuff happened, and we did talking about games and that. So, yeah. But all good things must come to an end, as they say. Yeah, and also this podcast. So, uh, oh. next week, if you want to put things in for the space arc, the genre for next, for next episode is movie tie-ins. Yeah, movie licensed. Movie licensed, licensed games. So not just kind of inspired by, you know, we don't want any kind of loose connections because I desperately want to put uh, Dark Forces on the arc and I'm not going to do that because uh, it's it doesn't relate to the movies at all. Uh, so let's do that. And if you want to um, throw your nomination in the general direction of the space arc, you can do that through the website, therotatingplatform.com. You can do it through Twitter, 
where we are at Rotating Podcast. You can do it through Facebook, where we're facebook.com slash rotating platform. Or you can email us at trp at therotatingplatform.com. Four out of four. He must have been reading it. That's the, No, I wasn't. I think that's the smoothest we've ever done it. <laughs> 17 episodes Amazing. it's taken, and we've finally been able to nail that. <laughs> Should we call it a day here? That's it. Yeah, done. Let's Peace. Go out, out on a high. Yeah. Oh, it's been a good, it's been a good fun times. Yes. No, but... just me then. So, <laughs> should we try again next time? <laughs> Unfortunately, there's uh, there's not going to be a next time for me because I think I'm just going to be playing The Witcher 3 forever. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. you gone. It was nice that's my you, plan. Matthew. Yeah, so, that's um... going to be amazing. Let's all talk about The Witcher 3 next, uh, next time. Cool. All right. So it remains only to us to say farewell. Goodbye. See you next time. Oh, I wasn't... Yeah, okay. Bye. (laughs) Oh, God.